The vast, endless middle. That's the hard part. When you look ahead or behind, and terra firma is just a blip, a suggestion. Water stretches all around, resisting you gently under a basin of baby blue sky. Between breaths, your eyelids flutter, mostly closed, to prevent you from seeing anything which might be lurking in the murky depths. When it comes to the Atlantic, ignorance is bliss, you've decided. You try to daydream, but you can't, not for long. Instead, you're feeling the cold in your fingertips and toes, the numb embrace of it against your sternum. You wonder when the next break is going to be, when a bottle of energy drink will be thrown to you from the motorboat, bobbing 40 feet away. You catch a glimpse of them, the skipper and your dad, bright-faced in the winter sunlight. They look so warm, so dry, and you feel a little envious. You carry on. That's all there is to do. Stroke after stroke after stroke after stroke. This is Archipelago, a series of island adventures for you to enjoy in your armchair. I'm Alexander Matthews. Welcome aboard. When I was a kid, Mom didn't insist I attend swimming training almost every day because she had delusions of me becoming the next Michael Phelps. That was impossible. For starters, I was too chubby and slow to be winning races in a pool. No, Mom just knew intuitively that swimming could be some kind of life raft to hold on to when things at school got a little stormy. An hour of intense training produced a pure golden high and elated calm that made too much homework crabby teachers or annoying classmates a little more bearable. My coach Sue was in the Guinness Book of Records for being the oldest woman in the world to swim across the English Channel. Several of the adults who trained with her were hardened long-distance swimmers also. I guess it was therefore inevitable that I would end up doing ocean swims too. First, just mile races, then a two-miler, then one almost four miles long, before I knew it, I was working up to tackle the Everest of local long-distance swimming, Robben Island to Cape Town's Bloberg Beach. At just shy of 5 miles, or roughly 7.5 kilometers, there are certainly longer swims. Still, Robben Island to the mainland is special. For starters, the Benguela Current, which funnels water up from near Antarctica, means it's typically very chilly. 14 degrees Celsius, that's 57 Fahrenheit, is considered balmy. You are lucky if it gets that warm when you swim. Especially since wearing a wetsuit will lead to automatic disqualification. But it isn't just the temperature. Robben Island is notorious, South Africa's Alcatraz. Since the 1600s, it has fulfilled various roles, leper colony, military outpost, and prison. Most notably, this was where Nelson Mandela, South Africa's first democratically elected president, was jailed for 27 years during apartheid. Today, Robben Island serves 
not just as a reminder of a long and dark chapter of South African history, it also symbolizes the triumph of freedom, democracy, and human rights over racist oppression. And then, of course, there's the wildlife. The last time there was a shark attack near this part of the Cape Peninsula was many decades ago. Still, the risk of it happening is not something you can rule out entirely. The weight of all this was on my mind as we raced across the clear, calm water from the dock. The island loomed towards us, a blurry strip gathering definition. When we got so close that there were waves rippling below us, the boat's engine cut. My heart was pumping. My sister and I glanced at each other. We stripped down to our swimsuits and smeared petroleum jelly under our arms to prevent chafing. Then it was time to dive into the icy water. Together with our mental Tony and another swimmer, we slipped through the tangles of kelp and hobbled onto the island's rocky shore. The skipper waved at us. It was time to begin the swim. Now the secret to ocean swimming isn't speed, it's being prepared to put one arm in front of the other thousands of times, stroke after stroke, even when it looks and feels like you're not moving at all. You need faith that the boat is guiding you correctly, faith that eventually you will get there. You are tired, cold, bored maybe even a little seasick. The chocolate bar meant to reward you after a couple of hours of swimming tastes disgusting. And then, quite suddenly, the apartment tower, which for hours seemed no bigger than a sugar cube, that's if you were able to see it at all above the swell, is now actually rather tall. The water is changing color, no longer ominously inky. It's now a gorgeous, welcoming turquoise the sandy seabed below you slowly rises. These changes give you a new spurt of energy, even if your arms ache and your neck is burning. last 30 minutes is a blur, a rising tide of elation. Breakers are forming around you. The feeling of your feet touching sand is the best feeling you have ever felt. You clamber out and mom wraps a towel around you and hugs you tightly. You suddenly feel colder than you did in the water. Your shivers are uncontrollable, urgent spasms. The sun blinds you. You take a sip of sweetened rooibos tea from the flask mom made. It's the best tasting tea you've ever had. 
I was 11 when I did that Robben Island swim. For a few weeks, I achieved minor fame at school. I was catapulted from eccentric nerd to sports hero. I relish the attention, I have to admit. The awe shown by my school friends, along with the newspaper articles and radio interviews, faded soon enough though. But what remained, what still remains all of these years later, is an understanding of the power of perseverance. The South Africans call this fussbait. In many scenarios, not just swimming, what is much more important than talent or speed is simply refusing to give up. And so, whatever you do, whatever you might be struggling through or against, fussbait, don't give up. You will get there in the end. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Archipelago. I hope you enjoyed it. To discover more of my work or to find out more about me, visit alexandermatthews.net. Now, before we wrap up this episode, I wanted to make a quick shout out. Earlier I mentioned Tony, who swam alongside me and my sister. I'm pretty sure that without his support and encouragement, I would never have gone so far as even getting into that icy water. So, a big thank you, Tony. And to you, the listener. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to Archipelago in your favorite podcast app. Future episodes to look forward to include an adventure on a remote Scottish island where George Orwell wrote 1984. We'll also go surfing off the coast of Bali and cycling on a prince's island in Turkey. At a time like this, I hope Archipelago gives you a chance to escape for a bit, and also inspiration for when we are able to visit islands in person once more. Take care, and thank you again.